Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 319 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Join me again today, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? You know, I am quarantined. It's that time of... Uh, of summer or spring, I guess, evidently, and uh, there's nothing much to do. I was thinking last night, I'm, I'm tweeting about a dumb uh, television show from the 1990s when I should have been tweeting about game two of a series at Great American Ballpark between the Giants and the Reds, and so it was it was, a, it was not a good comparison. But you did get me sad that Northern Exposure isn't trending or isn't streaming anywhere. I know, it's really uh, really upsetting. I don't understand why. We watched My wife and I watched the first two episodes last night, and man... That show is uh, it's it's of its time a little bit, but still it's funny. I mean, we laughed out loud a number of times, and how often do you do that? So yeah, not often, but I remember liking that show a lot when it was initially on, and even then, at the time, it felt like a show that not enough people appreciated. Um, yeah, just very quirky and yeah. well written, and just a smart show. And no, we're not going to talk about 1990s TV, Jason. This is what this uh, quarantine's already done to us. It's true. No, today, Chad, we we discussed something that we could do as maybe a little bit of a series of podcasts while we wait for real baseball to come back. And I had the idea that we could put stupid, random qualifying rules on ourselves and then draft the best Reds teams that we could draft within those rules. And then we'll let the internets vote on which of our teams is better. All right, so we'll let the internet decide why mine is better. Yeah, we're going to have a little draft here, and uh, let's lay out the ground rules before we start. First of all, Jason and I are each going to be selecting a team of post-Big Red Machine Reds. So so Cincinnati Reds since the Big Red Machine, and we've defined that as 1980 to the present. If you're listening to our other series, Building the Machine, you'll know that's going to go through 1979. So 1980 seems like a good place to start as post-Big Red Machine. So any anyone who played for the Reds during that time is eligible. The rules are that you have to pick a player at the position that he played uh, the most most career games at. You have to look only at the numbers they collected while they were with the Reds. And that'll yeah. come into play with uh, at least at least one person I can think of, or two people mm-hmm. I can think of, uh, in particular, two outfielders. Uh, what are other ground rules, Jason? What have, what have I left out? Um, I'm, I, I'm assuming that we're also just going with stats from 1980 forward. Yes. Yeah. Because um, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, even Dave Concepcion, Tony Perez, they are, they're all, they all played post-1980 for the Reds. Right, but you don't get to pick them and then have, like, you know, 1972 Johnny Bench. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then we said we're going to we'll, we'll do a coin flip here in a second to determine who goes first, and then we're going to snake draft. We're going to do a full lineup, a rotation and a closer. So eight starters, five starting pitchers and one closer. All right, I think we've got it. All uh, right. You want me to flip the coin? Flip it, Chad. All right. We're on the honor system here because you can't see me. I'll take a photo of it. Do I get to call it, though? You do get to call it. Go ahead and call, call it. Tails. You're calling Tails? I'm calling Tails. Oh, no. Tails never fails. It's up. It is heads. I'm going to take a photo of that now, so I'm not accused of stacking the deck. Although, I think we're going to get our choice of first-round selections I'm, anyway. I mean, I feel like the top two picks in this draft are very obvious. They are, but I decided on one slightly over the other, and uh, so now I'm going to get to take him. I'm going I'm to text you that photograph right now, Jason, so that you don't think I'm p- playing any f- games with you here. And always, uh, listeners or viewers, I should say, of Red Leg Nation Radio, this is just an exhibition. Please, no wagering. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, Chad actually sent me a picture of a coin, and it is, in fact, heads. All right. Wow. All right, make your selection, Chadwick. Round one. Chad Dotson will select shortstop from Cincinnati, Barry Larkin. Yep, an an unsurprising selection, Chad. Not surprising Uh, because there were two, you know, pretty obvious choices here. I presume you'll go with the the other one. Yeah, and and my my first pick at number two, 
uh, is going to be one Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. So, again, yeah, pretty clear the top two players. uh, Obviously the two best players since 1980 for the Reds. Without really, I mean, there's there's no question, is there? I don't think there really is. And, you know, the drop-off between them and, and whoever's next yeah, is, is, also is considerable. It's pretty stark, yeah, and that's that's really why I gave Votto a slight edge. I think there's a little bit bigger gap between him and the second-best shortstop, but that's that's debatable. It's arguable, and we will yeah. de- debate that. Now, you get to make a second consecutive selection here. Yeah, I do, and I think this is, this is a little bit tough because I think there are about three players that I can imagine taking in this slot. It's tough, and I think, though... I think I'm gonna go with my second pick. Mm, this is. Do you hear me? Do you hear me stalling? Chad? I do. I do hear. We're, hey, this is all in real time. You're listening. You're seeing the the wheels turn, viewers. I'm I'm about to make my pick. I'm 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 checking one other thing. All right, I'm doing it. I am going to select Eric Davis. Oh no, no! As my second pick and my center fielder. Oh, that's uh, probably where I was gonna go. With my next pick, uh, Eric Davis, just the uh, you know, there's a pretty clear, I think, second choice at center field. But yeah. again, if we're talking about Red's career only, that's the that's the rub, and we'll get to that later. It's a pretty big drop off, and and Davis, what an incredible career! And what you get with Davis, you can argue as we're we're talking about who has the best team. Davis had a great career, but you also get to argue you have Peak Davis as well, and Peak Davis yeah. was Willie Mays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm he'll he'll be on the DL some, but. When he's when he's out there, look out! So I went with I went with peak performance over uh, sort of stamina, and I, I'm wondering if I if I'm capable of guessing what your next pick is going to be because I think I probably know who it is. But let's let's let you do it, Chad. Okay, my next pick is going to be for the second round, fourth overall selection, Jose Rijo. Oh, that was oh, that's not where I expected you to go, but I respect it. I'm going with the starting pitcher. Going to dip my toes into what I think is clearly the best starting pitcher since 1980. Again, you can argue peak versus uh, career value uh, with him and, and a couple of others, but I just I, I wanted Riho as my when we played this game and we're game seven of the World Series here, and it's your team versus mine. I want my team to yeah. uh, have that that hammer. When I said that I had three in the running for my second pick, Riho was definitely in the running there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I get another pick here. This is the first pick of the third round. I think I'm going to swerve a little. I'm not sure this is exactly where you were thinking. Maybe it was. Maybe this is one of the ones that you uh, would have picked. For my first pick in the third round, I'm going back to the infield. I'm going to go with that dude BP, Brandon Phillips. Yeah, that's where I thought you would go for your second pick. Yeah, I mean, it was between Phillips and uh, and Rio. Yeah, there's there's a huge, you know, for me it came down between Phillips and Davis because there's a giant drop-off to the second-best center fielder and the second-best second baseman. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right, with starting pitcher, there's not a, a huge, necessarily a huge drop-off. There is one. I think Rio's clearly the best. But um, yeah. And the thing is, if you look at uh, Brandon Phillips and Eric Davis, they weren't, Eric Davis was a superstar. I mean, he was an absolute superstar. Just injured a lot. Brandon Phillips was a, was a solidly above average. He had a good career for the Reds. He wasn't, but he wasn't a superstar. But no, but he wasn't all star. He was an all star, and and the Reds it's slim pickings at second base since 1980, other than Brandon Phillips. So yeah, so go ahead and make your uh, your third round selection, Jason, and then we will uh, sort of recap where we are. Okay, third round. I am going to select. For my third round pick, I'm going to take Johnny Cueto. It's going to be my—he's my frontline starter. And oh my God, wouldn't you love to see Cueto versus Riho? I think we're probably going to have to collect uh, the Stratomatic cards here and really play a game out on this, or do it—you uh, know—on MLB the Show or something. We got to figure this one out. Yeah, this is this is becoming this is becoming more fun as we do it, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, again, think about that game. We, we got one game for all the marbles. Jose Rijo's pitching, you know, and, and imagine Johnny Cueto at the height of his powers on the other side. Oh gosh, and then you get to see Rijo facing uh, Joey Votto or Cueto going up against uh, Barry Larkin. 
Oh, man. It's fun. It's fun. That's a lot of fun. All right, you get another third-round selection here. So we'll, All right. Well, now first, let me, let me recap it first. Jason's has a first baseman, Joey Votto, a center fielder, Eric Davis, and a starting pitcher, Johnny Cueto. I have a shortstop, Barry Larkin, a second baseman, Brandon Phillips, and a starting pitcher, Jose Rijo. Jason gets the first selection in round four. All right, now it's starting to get a little bit I feel like at this point we're kind of through the very, very top tier and it's getting a little bit dodgier. And I'm, I think I'm feeling like a bold, a bold move here. Are you ready for a bold move, Chad? Let's see how bold it is. Cause I have someone in mind for my next pick. Uh, and I hope you're not going to take him. So for my next pick, I am going to select a Eugenio Suarez at Ooh, third base. That is a bold pick. Uh, not an unreasonable pick. Yeah, that's a, you know, we didn't establish this, but he is a player who is currently entering his peak and figures shortly to be, depending on how you measure things, you know, certainly one of the one of the top three third basemen in Reds history and certainly the best third baseman in Reds history since 1980. Um, yes, absolutely. It's just a matter of time. And so I like him better than the two players who to this point have accumulated more wins above replacement than him. And uh, I'm going to grab him. I think he's the best third baseman available. Well, and also, you know, you've got a good argument on Peak Suarez was as good or better than Peak, uh, the other guys that are around him on the list. And we'll get to those because I'm going to have to pick one of them at some point. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good one. It's not who I'm going to go with. All right. Who are you going for, Chad? I'm going to go. Let me just uh, look one last thing to make sure I'm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to first my first selection cuz I get two in a row here now. Yeah. My first selection is going to be Mario Soto. Good, a good call. A respectable call. Yeah, Mario Soto, you know, the only good player on those early 80s Reds teams basically, um unless you want to count Wayne Crinchicky. But uh again, he he and Rijo and Cueto are I think clearly the the three best pitchers of this era for the Reds and three of the best pitchers in Reds history period yeah so uh that's a that's a pretty uh that's a i'm happy with that one the next pick is a little bit i think i'm gonna swerve a little bit here swerve me chad jason and uh, uh let me also say that for our ground rules we decided i'm not sure we mentioned this before we started that um we decided center fielders have to be center fielders but that corner outfielders could be interchangeable yeah so you can put corner outfielders anywhere you want to put them and so my next pick, first pick in the fifth round, is going to be my right fielder, Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell. Oh, well, you're going to have some defense out there. <laughs> I really swerved hard on that one. You better not be drafting any five-ball pitchers. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Uh, Kevin Mitchell, the, uh, probably uh, his Reds career was short. He was hurt most of the time, but man, when he was on the field, he absolutely crushed every ball that was pitched. And that's the way I remember it anyway. So I'm going to go with, I don't know, I don't feel great about that pick. Because he's probably going to be hurt when we play this game. <laughs> but but I'm going to go with Kevin Mitchell, which gives us leads us now to your fifth round selection. All right, let's see. As, as noted, it's getting a little bit... Yeah, you can go a lot of different directions now. Bit. There are a lot of different routes that we could go. Hmm. I'm th- I'm thinking. I'm I'm the Mitchell that 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 really uh, that really threw me there, Chad. Spin. If we're taking corner outfielders now, I got to start to be aware of the corner outfielders, right? Got to got to pay attention to them. You do. You do. So let's go. I'm going to go ahead and do a corner outfielder, and then I'm think I'm going to take a starting pitcher. Okay. And my right fielder who I'm going to take now. Uh, and you'll be relieved that I'm picking a right fielder now because it leaves your boy for you there. <laughs> I was nervous. Uh, I'm going to take Reggie Sanders. I'm, I'm kind of sad about that because I actually wanted Sanders as well. I think Sanders is the best player not in the Reds Hall of Fame that's currently eligible. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And Sanders, which is such a fascinating career, and by all accounts, such a good guy. Oh, yeah, a fantastic guy, and I uh, was fortunate enough to talk with him on this podcast. He's a friend of Red Leg Nation Radio, and he's just a fascinating career. You know, um, he was a he was a great Red, and people just don't remember how great he was because of that 
series in 1995 when he was genuinely awful. But go look at his baseball reference page at some point. He spent eight years in Cincinnati. If if he'd been a little bit healthier, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Oh, no question. No question. Which I mean, people really do not understand just how extremely good he was. Yeah, and, and part of the reason, I think, for that is Cincinnati has a, a way of remembering players just for, for the worst thing they have ever did. Yeah. King Griffey and Adam Dunn, and, you know, there's a long history of that. But he, uh, he, he played eight years in Cincinnati, two in Kansas City, two in St. Louis, one in Arizona, one in Pittsburgh, one in San Francisco, one in Atlanta, one in San Diego. That's part of the reason why he's not really remembered is because he was such a journeyman type guy, but he was so good. I mean, really, if you didn't watch him play and you barely heard of him, go look at his page. You will be yeah. surprised. All right. So my next pick, that's a, um, that's a good selection, by the way. Thank you. Uh, my next pick, and this is me going kind of in an unconventional route, kind of going the recency route again. Uh, I am going to take, um, for my next starting pitcher, I'm going to take Luis Castillo. Oh, Luis Castillo. First selection in the sixth round. It's a good it's a good call. I mean, he doesn't yet have the uh, career, you know, wins above replacement numbers or whatever because he's a kid. Right. Yeah, he's still young. And so I we, we feel here at uh Jason the Jason Linden team organization that he has a lot of potential. <laughs> he does, yeah, he'll settle in nicely. Yes. And and the second guy in your rotation. So, you know, he's he's not the ace. He doesn't have to be anything more than he is. He just has to be himself. And Can we just for a moment live in a fantasy world where the top 4 starters in the Reds rotation are the four guys we just picked? <laughs> oh gosh. You know, um I would like to because I don't really have a sense. It's hard for me to think just off the top of my head how other teams would compare. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would have a better foursome. Yeah, but I, I, that's not the worst. I'll tell you that. That's a pretty doggone good quartet. It is. It is boy, that would be enjoyable. <laughs> and all of them, you know, had a particularly, I don't know, they were just a little bit of a flair or something that made you really just want to watch them. Or, you know, Soto was kind of a bulldog and had that great circle change. And Rio was just, uh, you know, big game Rio. Yeah. Uh, Cueto, you know, just it, who doesn't love Johnny Cueto? No one that I want to know. And. I think the reason why maybe you have a slight edge here, there's two reasons. Number one, you have now have one more player than I do. The other reason is that you have the far by far and away the best Instagram account, which is Johnny Cueto's. Yeah, for for sure. We're winning the Instagram. And really Suarez is pretty strong on Instagram too. True, yeah. I don't have any well, I've got BP. I presume he's on Instagram. No, he is. <laughs> I've I've not run across that, but boy, I wish Kevin Mitchell had an Instagram account. Do you? <laughs> no, probably not, actually, no. All right. All right. You got it, Chad. You've got two picks now. Where do I go? Where do I go? Um, you know, I think that I'm going to have to uh, go ahead and pull the trigger. I appreciate you leaving him to me. I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on Adam Dunn. I've... Adam Dunn in left field. Adam Dunn in left field. So that's my second, my selection in the sixth round. So now we're through six rounds. We each have six players, two pitchers, and four uh, position players and now is where it's going to get tough we uh, one first baseman has been selected one second baseman has been selected one third baseman one shortstop one left fielder one center fielder and of course two quote-unquote right fielders and then two starting pitchers so we're kind of even now we've selected the positions you know where there's a drop-off and where the other person doesn't have somebody to try to gain an edge now we uh, we're going to see what the gamesmanship looks like you know, I think that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Aaron Harang. Oh, see, Harang was going to be my next starting pitcher pick. Well, I'm so sorry to I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. There were three I was debating between, and just Harang was at one point there was an argument he was the best pitcher in the National League for a year or two period. There, I mean, he yeah, was. A, I mean, you can you can make a plausible argument, you know, you've got to adjust for era, you know, cause boy, his, he pitched in for the Reds in the worst time to be a pitcher. I mean, you can arguably put him on a level with Cueto and Soto. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. Um, all right. Okay. So now it's, now it's to me, huh? Now it's your selection in the seventh round. So I think, what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to go with two pitchers here. Okay. 
I think it's getting to that point, as you noted, you know, kind of the, the, the top tier has been taken nearly everywhere, position player-wise. And I want to make sure that I have a good starting rotation. So I think my number three starter, and boy, does it start to get thin for the Reds. <laughs> it does. There's some decent selections, but there are none that really jump out. Like, I really have to have that guy. I'm going to be bold again. I'm just feeling, I'm feeling the recency, okay? That's, that's my approach. My number three starter is going to be Sonny Gray. Oh, Sonny Gray. Now, that came out of nowhere. I didn't expect that one. You know, he's signed to a contract. He looks great to me is what it comes down to. We've only got one season. Um, he was an all-star in that season. And he was an all-star in that season. And, you know, really, we're only talking – he's got – by Fangraphs, at least, more than half of the wins above replacement of Castillo and in not nearly half of the innings. So I want to take Sonny Gray as my number three for my number four starting pitcher. This is a tough one. I feel like I've got like three guys where I I could take any one of them and not be wrong. But I think I think I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my heart decide on this one. And I'm going to go with Bronson Arroyo for my number four starter. Yeah, I came close to Bronson Arroyo uh, the last time. I mean, Arroyo's just, uh, he's Arroyo. Yeah. I mean, he's fun-loving. He's, uh, and he was he was darn good as well. Darn good. Boy, I'm liking the way your rotation's shaping up. It's it, it's nice. I like Arroyo in there, number four. He can eat some innings. Feeling, feeling good. Cueto, Castillo, Sonny Gray, Bronson Arroyo. Man alive. That's a pretty good top four. So we're into the eighth round now. Arroyo yep. was the first selection in the eighth round. And I guess I'm going to have to go back starting picture here for my selection in the eighth round. I will note, Jason, as uh, I prepare to make my selection, I'm waiting for a call from the home office to let me know who we're selecting, uh, that we have not picked, picked a closer yet, neither of us, and we have not picked a catcher yet. Yeah, those are the two positions that are currently outstanding. They are, and... Certainly a catcher, I don't know. There's about four guys you could take, and I'll take yeah. any of them. I'll take whoever you don't take, probably, is what will end up happening, or, or vice versa. You'll take whoever I don't take. So, again, I'm going to go back with starting pitching. pitching. Boy, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to uh, I'm going to swerve a little bit. Am I Am I really Am I going to do this? I don't know if I can talk myself into it. Uh-oh. Chad's having a crisis of conscience. <laughs> I am. I am. Oh, this is scintillating radio. I'm, it's not radio <laughs> you're right all right i'm not i'm gonna swerve back i'm gonna go with tom browning okay browning was it came down to between browning and arroyo for me so that's i completely understand that yeah they had, had them kind of in the, the the same category those two i was thinking about swerving a little bit and i may swerve uh i don't think this is a guy that you'll pick for your fifth uh starter uh, i think i have an idea who that who you will pick for your fifth starter but i'm gonna go with uh with tom browning here all right. You know, I think I'm going to go ahead and actually, I'm going to go ahead and make, make that swerve actually right now. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because swerve, Pat, swerve. The first, uh, see, that was Browning was in the eighth round. So oh. this is the first selection of the ninth round. And it's official. I've typed it in. I'm going with the starting pitcher, Danny Jackson. Danny Jackson? <laughs> Danny Jackson comes out of nowhere, I'm sure. Wow. Danny Jackson... And again, specifically, I'm talking about uh, 1988, I think, Danny Jackson. Yes, 1988 Danny Jackson, which was the year he came in second in the Cy Young balloting to Oral Hershiser of the Dodgers. Jackson was 23-8. and He had a 2.73 ERA. I mean, he was was an all-star. Finished top 10 in MVP voting that year. And that was a Reds, of course, finished in second place that season. That was the fourth of their four consecutive second place finishes there in the mid to late eighties. But I'm going with 1988 Danny Jackson. Now that's one that's going to cause some of our younger listeners, especially to kind of perk him like, what? Go look at Danny Jackson. He was good. He had a good long career too. Yeah. Yeah. Not too much of it for the Reds, but he did have a good long career. Not too uh, much for the Reds, but his best season was with the Reds. And so that's why I'm going to go with him as my fifth starter. All right. So what you have done effectively, Chad, is leave me with the ability to take my top choices at the positions that have not yet been selected. Well, so go to it. Here we go. <laughs> go to it. 
I am going to take catcher Ryan Hannigan. It's a good choice. He'll get on base, and everybody will love pitching to him. And he sneaks in in uh, the ninth round. Yeah, and and a lot of that, you know, a lot of Hannigan's value is he's kind of been reevaluated, but but boy, his pitch framing numbers when those got added in made him look awfully nice on Fangraphs. Uh, Fangraphs wins above replacement has him well above everyone else, and in fewer games than than all of his nearest competitors as well. So Ryan Hannigan is going to be my catcher. And my relief pitcher, my closer, now this one I feel like is pretty interesting because when it comes to relief pitchers, I don't care about wins above replacement so much. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. It's it's a very rough tool to Games, yeah, relief pitchers and and era matters so much when it comes to when it comes to that. So this is this is a toughie, and I feel like there are three relief pitchers for the Reds who represent different eras, and none of them is a wrong answer. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think, but I think who I'm going to take for my relief pitcher, I think I'm going to take Rob Dibble. Oh, nice. I was worried that no Nasty Boy was going to get selected. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to take Rob Dibble for my closer. Hey, I can dig it. I can dig it. That's, uh, that's a good selection. I, you know, I thought for sure you were going to swerve there and go with uh, David Weathers. <laughs> a, little, a little surprised. Uh, well, you know, that was, those were years that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Those were years that happened. No question about it. Okay. You know, um, all right. So you've, uh, essentially taken, I'll I'll go ahead and take those same two positions, I guess. There's no, well, I don't have to, I guess there's no reason not to at this point though. Yeah. I mean, we're almost to the point of just filling out rosters now. We are. So let's, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with relief pitcher next, just because that's where. That's where you went. Now, you selected Rob Dibble, obviously a, a good selection. I think there are actually a number of others that you could take if you're looking for a closer. Um, yeah. I think Araldus Chapman is an obvious one. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, John Franco, again, a guy that uh, he's Mr. Met, you know, because he went to the Mets and that trade for Randy Myers. And, you know, I think. Yeah, people he, forget that he was a very good pitcher for the Reds. He was. Uh, yeah, for me. Mets. Yeah, from ages 23 to 28. I mean, he was, he yeah. was really good. I think that, uh, you know. If if we're talking peak performance, you got a guy like uh, Jeff Shaw. You know his ERA plus was one eighty five with the Reds. Yeah. You got a guy like Scott Williamson, rookie of the year, and and you know, yeah, Norm Charlton. Norm Charlton. Yeah. I mean, if if you're if you're of you know, you could make a case for Danny Graves too. Oh, you absolutely can make it's a, a case for Danny. case for Danny Graves. Yeah, and, and this, I'm not going to make that case because <laughs> he was not my favorite player. But you know, a guy that really is in, should be in this conversation is the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley. Interesting. That's true. He should be. He had, yeah, his his last couple of good years really. I feel like were with the Reds, weren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was, uh, you know, one fifty nine ERA plus. Again, that's kind of a blunt tool to measure relievers, but yeah, with relievers, it's really it's really tough. You, really, I feel like what you're going for is 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 peak versus longevity. And, and we haven't even I mentioned him in reference to the trade for uh, with Franco to that sent Franco to the New York Mets, but but Randy Myers was the he was the hammer of the Nasty Boys. He got the most save opportunities there. Yeah. And uh, or or we could go with I don't know Ross Ollendorf. <laughs> no, no. So there are a lot of people to choose from here, and uh, and that's what we'll do here as we start to fill in these positions. Talk about all the people that uh, we're selecting from, and and how you make that selection, I guess. I'm going to, uh, you know, I don't necessarily feel great. Uh, I'm going to go with Araldus Chapman just because, you know, he, he didn't leave town under very good circumstances, obviously. But um, when he was at uh, his best, I've, and because the Reds were good at that time, I've never seen the stadium. Like 2012, when he would come in and the music would be blaring. An exciting time. It was a party. It was a party. So that'll be my uh, selection for the 10th round. I'm going to go back with catcher now. And uh, Hannigan is kind of a sneaky good choice here. Be- because defensively he is. He's probably the best of, I think certainly the best available. 
Um, maybe you can make an argument for Dan Bilardello, but I'm going. And, and so the guys I'm choosing from here essentially are uh, Tucker Barnhart, you know, Gold Glove okay. winner. Um, Eddie Tobinsey had a couple of good years with the bat. He's a pretty good hitter. Tobinsey was on my radar. I also had somebody on my radar who I, I'll be interested to see if he's on your radar. Um, here's the guys that are on my radar. Uh, you know, Bo Diaz was not on my radar, but he was an All Star one year with the Reds. Yeah. Um, the guy that I, I don't think I'm going to go with him. I don't think I may make a de- decision at the last moment to go in, but Devin Mezzarocco. Yeah. I thought about Mezzarocco. I also thought about David Ross. Ooh, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got some leadership there out of Ross too. Leadership skills. He, you know, he's always been one of my pet. The one year he got a chance, he was his worst year and it just kind of, I always felt like he could have been an everyday kind of catcher instead of just the backup he ended up being. Right. Right. But he's a guy like, I feel like Tucker Barnard's going to end up being that guy that ends up having a long career as a backup after that yeah. peak passes. Miserocco is just, a, he's a peak year guy. He had one really good year. Uh, so, but I think who I'm going to go with here is uh, a guy that is not remembered all that fondly for good reasons in Red's country. Jason LaRue. Yeah. The LaRue would have been probably my second choice there. Yeah, and, and LaRue, if you, again, go, he was remembered uh, not fondly because of that fight when he went to the Cardinals and they had the fight with the Reds and LaRue yeah, was. Ink on him. Yeah, he got a little bit of that Cardinal stench, but, you know, he played eight years with Cincinnati. And let me, again, he's another guy that you really don't remember how good he was at yeah, the bat. Not that, he, not that he was great with the bat, because he wasn't. But that was a time when there weren't very many good hitting catchers, as well, just like now, as like usual. And he was not a black hole in the lineup, I guess. You know, um, double digit home runs. You know, just he was he was an okay player. So I'm going to go Jason Larue at catcher. All right. So now you get two selections. We're into round eleven here. And okay, I got to look. I got to I got to assess what what my needs are here. I still need a fifth starter. Your your rotation is done. I am done. Yes. I need. A middle infield, and I need a corner outfielder. Hmm, boy, the middle infield. <laughs> I think I think we know who wins the middle infield competition. <laughs> yeah, it's Ooh, slim boy. pickings out there. Yeah. Uh, man. As, as, we're looking at, as we're looking at it, though, I'm looking at our, our teams here, and yes, I do win the middle infield. I've got Brandon Phillips and Barry Larkin. You don't have anyone yet. Yeah. But, man, now, now I'm looking at outfielders. I think you may have gotten the two best outfielders. No, I definitely did. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I for sure did. Eric Davis and Reggie Sanders. Um. All right. I think I'm going to take a shortstop. Okay. And there's, you know, interestingly, just, just looking at the numbers – um, Concepcion is high enough that he could still make a case. He's not who I'm going to take. Um, you could make a case for him. Um, who I'm going to take, I think, to somebody looking at the numbers at this point is probably fairly obvious. So I want to instead talk about somebody who was maybe a stronger consideration for me than people would have expected, and that's Felipe Lopez. Oh, that great se- one great season, 2005. Right. That would be going with that one really excellent season – and I don't think I'm, I'm opening up his page now. Really, did anything the entire rest of his career? Um, yeah, I mean, he was good for one season and had another decent season. Oh no, he did have a good season late in his career in 2009. But boy, yeah, just you know, never did much to speak of beyond that one really good season with the Reds. Uh, but my choice for a shortstop is going to be Mr. Zach Cozart. Yeah. Um... You can absolutely make a great case for Lopez. I think a better case could be made for Concepcion uh, than uh, than we're given credit. As I look at, I mean, you mentioned him first, but if you if you look at his just from the 1980s, he was an All Star in 80, 81, 82. He won a he gold, won a Gold Glove in eighty. Um, I don't know. No, the, I have to believe if I'm if I'm I think I think that Concepcion might have won a Gold Glove. Uh, based on reputation at that point in his career. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at age 31. Um, and he, when he, he declined, he played a long time, but he the yeah. back half of the 80s, back half of his career, yeah, which conception you get, he wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah, so Cozart is, you know, a, a, a fair bat 
overall and, and an outstanding defender. Um, you know, I'll take, in terms of defense, I will take peak Cozart over declining Concepcion. Oh, no question. You okay. know, if you put peak against peak, then you know, it's obvious, but, um, but peak versus decline, I, I'm, I'm going to have to take Cozart. Um, and let's, let me just mention that about Cozart. When you just look at straight wins above replacement with the Reds, you know, from 80 onward and, and Cozart is, uh, you know, well ahead of Concepcion. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know there are very many other choices that you could go with there. Uh, yeah. No, there, there really aren't, aren't a lot of choices. Um, all right. I'm going to, I, I think that fairly obviously the, the hardest choice that I have to make here at this point is at second base. Um, Slim Pickens. I'm just going to ignore that <laughs> for, for a minute, and I'm going to take my other corner outfielder. Now, this is really interesting. There are some choices, and, and even sitting here, I don't know who the best choice is. Um. This is, I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some names so that everybody's aware, I guess, of who should at least get some consideration. Okay, we've got George Foster, who had what was that? I'm I'm pulling it up now. Was was it 80 or 81 where he just had a crazy year? I believe it was was really good in both years. He was very solid in both of his last two years with the Reds. Well above average. And again, if we're talking about George Foster's entire Reds career, it's a, kind of a no-brainer. I mean, right? But, but we're not. We're just we've just got his last two seasons. We've which, also got Cal Daniels, who's you know star shined brighter than anyone's at its peak, and then flamed right. out pretty quickly. Yeah, and then we've got the sort of more consistent-ish guys or, or guys who played longer. We've got Jay Bruce. We've got Paul O'Neill. And again, just Reds Paul O'Neill. If you're taking full career, maybe you go O'Neill here because, you know, uh, he ended up having such a great career with the Yankees. And then, you know, there's one thing I've got to check here real quick. Hang on. Hang on just a second. Well, let me run through a few more other names while you're checking here that I think okay, are... You, you run through some names. Kind of in the mix here. There really aren't that many more that are legitimate candidates unless you want to look at, you know, uh, a guy like uh, Greg Vaughn whose one great year was so great in 1999, led that team to the brink of the playoffs. Yeah. I like Ron Gant, who had that one good season again, 1995, uh, where he hit 29 home runs. And uh, he and Reggie Sanders anchored that 1995 Reds team to the National League Championship Series. Uh, You know, you can maybe make – it's tough to make a case for Austin Kearns. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you're going for short career guys, right, it's got to be – Somebody like Vaughn or Gant, um, you know, those those kind of one-season guys. The person I was looking up, because it's been long enough that I couldn't remember how much time exactly he got there, was Griffey. But Griffey, would, a junior, that is. But he would have to be slotted in center field. He didn't get enough time in right field. Yes. Uh, according to our rules to qualify. Now, a lot of people are going to be screaming here. A lot of people of a certain vintage are going to be saying, this is this should be obvious. There should be no question at all. And uh, their selection is going to be Dave Parker. Yeah, Dave Parker is on my radar, but he is not in the final discussion for me. No, I don't think he should be either. Uh, if you're looking at the, the – but, you know, if you look at uh, – he was with the Reds four years. And the two middle years, 85 and 86, he was an all-star both year. He was top five MVP both years. I mean, and I remember him as a, you know, as a kid, basically. I remember thinking he was the greatest thing ever. Uh, he was just—he was the coolest guy. He was, you know, Eric Davis before Eric Davis, uh, really. Yeah. Uh, just, he, he was just the coolest guy you could find. He played, you know, pretty much every game. Led the league in doubles and RBIs uh, one of those years. Um, but his numbers were, you know, not overwhelmingly good, except for in 1985. I guess you take 1985, Parker, you're pretty good. But yeah, he's he, his numbers don't stand out as much as they do in my memory as he did in my memory. And, and you know, speaking of numbers that just stand out, I think finally, when it comes down to it, I think I'm going to have to go with Cal Daniels in left field. Cal Daniels. It's a good call. It's a good I'm, call. Because, boy, I mean, the amount he, – he didn't play 400 games for the Reds. 
and still generated, by Fangraphs at least, over 11 wins above replacement. Oh, yeah. No, he was he was the real deal. He just got injured, and his career was cut short. And, and, you know, for me, he is somebody who, given, you know, interestingly, in picking the post-Big Red Machine Reds, we're also picking the Reds of Jason's lifetime, because I was born in 1980. Um, so his time with the Reds, I mean, I was aware of the Reds at that time, but, you know, I was seven, eight years old when he was having, and, you know, it, it didn't, 90 was when I really kicked in, you know, 10 years old, they won the World Series, so on and so forth. I was a baseball fan before that, but, you know, that was when I, that's when my baseball memory really fully kicks into gear. And Daniels was somebody where it was like I had his baseball cards, but it didn't quite resonate. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. But every time I look at his numbers, just boy, when he was on the field, what a talent. Um, Yeah, so easy to forget. Yeah how great he well, was i'm gonna take cal daniels it's a reasonable choice now i'm gonna have to i'm gonna go uh, see the positions i have open still are first base third base and center field so i'm gonna be picking one of those three and uh, it really doesn't matter what order i go in because i'm gonna get my top choice uh of the remaining players at any of those so i'm gonna just look at center field first just uh, for discussion purposes okay and uh, i think it's pretty clear who to take here but some of the other names who are in the mix you know, uh, Billy Hamilton. I asked Jason before we started if I could take Billy Hamilton at every position, and he would not permit that. Yeah, sorry, sorry. For the that other, chat. the others that I don't think I'm going to pick, but are kind of the conversation. Mike Cameron. You do not remember how great Mike Cameron was in 1999. Mike Cameron was real good. I mean, I did. I don't know if you saw it or not, Chad, but I did on on Twitter recently. This is kind of what gave me this idea. Uh, a team of the best players I could find who spent only one year with the Reds. And he was the easy pick at center field. Well, I don't know if it's easy. He's a, he's probably the clear pick because he was great that year. But I think it's a difficult pick because the, the next guy on my list that I'm not probably not going to select, I guess, Shinsu Chu, who had one. Right. I put I put Chu in the corner. He, okay. he, so I, I, I had myself, I had more flexibility in, in, <laughs> under my list. Yeah. Well, we don't have that flexibility here because he did play center uh, not very well. Whereas Mike Cameron played exceptionally well defensive center field and also hit that year for the Reds. Uh, again, really, go back and look at it. You'll be surprised at how good Cameron was in that 99 season. He and Greg Vaughn kind of you know, came in and uh, were forces of nature. Uh, probably not going to go with John Nunnally. Probably not going to go with Jacob Brumfield or Herm <laughs> Winningham. Herm Winningham! Herm. <laughs> not going to go with any of those. I, you know... Eddie Milner should probably get a little bit of recognition. I, he was never great, but he was. Yeah, I, when I was planning for this, I looked into him as a like if I didn't get Eric Davis. You know, when we're looking at center fielders, we were right. both like, "Well, who am I going to take if I don't get Eric Davis?" Oh, right. It, it comes down to that, and and I'm going to go with it's maybe it's a little bit of a sentimental choice, but I think it's uh, defensible here. Uh, he didn't play his entire Reds career in center field, but most of it he did. Most of his career was certainly in center field. And um, so I'm going to go with King Griffey Jr. Here. Yeah, understandable and defensible. And defensible, though your defense might <laughs> my, de- my, my defense in the outfield. Adam Dunn in left, an aging junior, an injured junior Griffey in center, and Kevin Mitchell out of position in right field. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> which is brutal. Whereas your outfield, Cal Daniels, who had wheels. Yeah, uh, Eric Davis, the best defensive center fielder that any of us have probably ever seen. And Reggie Sanders, another outstanding, came up as a center fielder and settled in right field. So, okay. Yeah. You're going for defense. That's okay. Um, yeah. None of those guys could hit either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. All right. So I'm going to go with at second base or first base or third base is where I'm, where I'm looking at now. And I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, third base. Okay. And, this is, to me, I feel like there are really only two choices here. There are. There are. Uh, there were three choices total. You took Eugenio Suarez, who was one of those three. Um, we'll talk about the other two in that triumvirate in just one moment. But let's look down at other players that you may want to think about. Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone, yeah. A couple of, or a few nice seasons. Yeah. Can't forget Scotty. Scotty Rowland. 
you yeah. know the and again if we're getting Pete Scott rolling maybe you go him yeah because he's a Hall no, of Famer no no question yeah he's the one uh, Hall of Fame third baseman on this list um, you know you know who sneaks his way in there you know, say it I think I know who you're gonna say Johnny Bench Johnny Bench was mostly a third baseman in the eighties yeah so again you got to take 1980s Johnny Bench but he was still pretty good. Yeah, he was not. He was not bad. In nineteen eighties, Johnny Bench at third base. You would most teams would take him. You oh know, yeah, he was an above average player still. Right, absolutely. Nick Azaski gets on there at third base. This is Nick Azaski. I'm the first baseman who doesn't get to play first base because we got an old player manager who wants to put him right himself into the lineup. That's, uh, uh, that's Nick Azaski. <laughs> um, my guy Willie Green, uh, really my guy Edwin Encarnacion. Edwin uh, screamed to the rooftops that uh, Encarnacion was good. I know he threw the ball into the fourth row every time. I, I got that, but man, I knew I had an idea. I didn't know he was going to be this great after he left yeah. Cincinnati. But and there's Quinones. So, Where's Quinones? Uh, he's there. Okay, so again, let's go ahead and tell us who the other two and, and the two that I'm really picking from are. Jason. So you're you're picking between Chris Sabo and Todd Frazier. I am. Yes. But two similar guys. They came up late. I mean, their numbers are absurdly similar, <laughs> especially given the eras. Sure, yeah. They really are. They're <laughs> nearly identical. It's really startling. Um, they're two guys that came up late in their career and were, you know, had a really bright, uh, you know, leap into the stratosphere and then uh, settled back uh, down to earth a little bit. I'm going to go with a guy that I think was a, a little better at his peak. It's arguable. But I'm going to go with Chris Sabo. And maybe some of that is uh, sentimental because at that, you know, at that time, Sabo was my favorite player and he was so cool with the... He was my favorite player when I was a kid too. But I, I agree. I think Sabo was was better peak-wise. At least, again, you got to take era into account because, you know, when he was playing, 20 home runs meant you were a power hitter. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And so three, uh, three all-star games, you know, uh, rookie of the year, he will hit 563 in the world series. That's what puts it over the top for me. But you know, if we're having a home run derby, maybe you want to take Todd Frazier. Yeah. Frazier's not a bad choice. Frazier had a really good Reds career. No, any of the top three in that are, are reasonable choices. I'm happy with my pick and I I stand by it, but, uh, yeah, any of those top three are, are reasonable. Sure. I, I decided that I was going to stay away from third base because I felt like I could be happy with any of those three. And so so I'm happy that it took me this long into the 13th round to get my third baseman. All right, now I think it's back to you for your 13th round selection, Jason. And the only spots you have still open are second base and your fifth starting pitcher. So now you get to pick both of those and, and finish out your roster. All right, let's let's go with my fifth starter, shall we? <laughs> if, if we must. As I avoid second base like the plague. So fifth starter is a little bit, for me at least, it's just a little bit of a conundrum because I feel like there's a real serious pack of guys who, in my head at least, are all pretty interchangeable. And it's a matter of sort of peak versus durability. And, you know, I guess we should talk about the guys who, who are there um, and and then I'll I will make my decision. Uh, one of the obvious ones who is up for for consideration is Homer Bailey. Certainly, two no hitters, and better than people people remember. The revisionist history is going on with him. Yeah, I mean he's he was really good when he was really good, but he was also hurt a lot. He was also really not good. Um, a and- fair a fair chunk of the time. Um, occasionally a jerk. Occasionally a jerk. The yeah, yeah. Occasionally a jerk. <laughs> Was known to be a little bit saucy, Mr. Yeah, Bailey. That's all right. I can uh, deal with that. Times we've got Mike Leak up here. Mike Leak is a guy that I figured would make it into your final uh, choice, era because you're a big Mike Leak guy. I am a big Mike Leak guy. I'm fond of saying, and it's true, that his career numbers are essentially Trevor Bauer's career numbers. Um. So he he's available. He's an option. Um, but I'll tell you, based because we do have the privilege of of uh, or, or of only taking players based purely on their Reds numbers, right? That's right. I mean, that's the deal. We're just looking at the Reds numbers. 
So for my number five starter, are you ready for this? This is going to come so far, so far out of left field. I think I know you're going to pick, and if it's who I'm thinking, it's a big time swerve. I'm going to take Greg Swindell. Oh, that, that's not who I thought you were going to take. Who did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to go nuts and go Matt Latos. No, 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 no. I thought about John Smiley as well. Smiley. Yeah, yeah. Swindell, one year. Golly, that was a good year. It was a real good year. <laughs> I remembered it being good, but I, as I'm looking at it now, I didn't remember it being that good. 1992. 271 ERA. Man, a life. 4.5 wins above replacement by Fangraphs, at least. 5.4 by Baseball Reference. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad for my fifth starter, huh, Chad? Well, but he only won 12 games. He was 12 and 8. Come on. It's not Boy, good. you know, 1996 Chad had some hot takes. <laughs> Actually, 1996 Chad probably would have said that. Yeah, I know. I would have <laughs> about that before. Yeah, yeah, I probably would have. <laughs> I, I, knew I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew the attack that I was that's making. Right. You know my weaknesses. I, that's right. We've been doing this for a long time now, friend. So we have our starting rotations. We have been uh, too long. All right. Now I've got to pick a second base. Before you go to second base, let's let's recap the rotations because I want right. to I want to talk about who else might have been out there. I've got Jose Rijo, Mario Soto, Aaron Harang, Tom Browning, and Danny Jackson. Uh, you have Johnny Cueto, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Bronson Arroyo, and Greg Swindell. I kind of lean towards the older guys. You kind of lean towards newer guys. Yeah. Other pitchers that I think were in, I would have been happy with as a fifth starter. Maybe not happy, but I. People don't remember how good Elmer DeSins actually was during yeah. the short career of the Reds. That's 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 a fair point. We made fun of his name, but Elmer DeSins. Smiley, you're right. Uh, Leak and Latos, I think, are there. Um, you could probably make an argument for Anthony Scalfani uh, if you're wanting to. I don't. The one that I thought about swerving with, just because I wanted him in my rotation, even though he wasn't great, it was it wasn't bad. He was good. Was Tom Seaver. Oh, that's a good one, and he never, for whatever reason, entered my head. But yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't as good. I mean, he was really good in the late seventies for the Reds when after coming over eighty to yeah. eighty two. He was. He was good. He just wasn't. Wasn't great. Um, but I thought about him just because I wanted Tom Seaver in my rotation. So yeah. All right. So you have to go back to second base now, right? I have to go back to second base, and I, and I think it's second base. Really, it's a matter of picking which guy who was really only with the club for a couple of seasons. Do you want? Yeah. Um. The the pickings are very slim. I well, mean, you say that, and and but you do have a Cincinnati Reds Hall of Famer in this list. That's true. Ron Oster. Yeah, I'm not taking Oster though. <laughs> Solidly below average, slightly below average for yes. ten ten or eleven consecutive seasons. Not awful, yeah. just kind of there. For me, I'm going to go through, it really comes down to three different players for me, and, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. So I'll talk about each of them, and then I will, I'll, I'll give my, my answer, okay? Okay. So, um, Rich Aurelia. Ooh, Rich Aurelia. Who everybody forgets about. Again, all of these guys are a, a season-plus type guys. Um, but... Uh, you know, he's he would be a selection, you know, given that was that extreme offensive era for the Reds, um, hit a good amount of home runs, um, solid, solid player. You're, you're taking him mostly for the offense, though, at least according to the numbers I'm looking at. I can't claim to remember that well watching him in person. Uh, his defense looked looked pretty, pretty solid. So, so he's on the list. He would be fifth on my list of available second basemen, probably. Uh, we also have D'Angelo Jimenez. He's on my list. Yeah. Uh, D'Angelo Jimenez, who was real good and, and playing on some of the same teams as uh, Aurelia. I probably need to make sure that Jimenez actually got, I'm 99% sure, he got enough second base time. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just it was one of those I had a, I had a brief, a brief freak out. Right. No, he was. Um, uh, he's another one that I'm not sure people remember how good he was. He was pretty good. He was real good, and one that for for uh, some reason I have always been I think fonder of than a lot of people are. Uh, is is Bip Roberts? Thank you, thank you. That's the guy I wanted to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Uh, boy, I mean, really, only with the Reds for a season and a half because he got hurt in '93. Boy, 1992. 
Look at that wow. year. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. an all-star. He was a top 10 MVP guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hit 323. Got on base almost four, uh, 40% of the time. I mean, gosh. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I talked about him last because I think Bip Roberts is going to be my answer. Uh, I feel like he's my leadoff hitter. Um, and and I, I'm going to have him at second base. Yeah, I mean, it, first of all, I guess we need to discuss Ron Oster because he's a Reds Hall of Famer and he was the, yeah. you know, the we old guy. We need to discuss Scooter, too, frankly. What's that? We need to discuss Scooter, too. Well, that's that's the other guy. Scooter and, and uh, there's one other person. I thought, and Brett Boone, I think, are two guys that, uh, you know, Boone was... He didn't become great until he left Cincinnati, but he was decent for the Reds. Scooter, you know, he was Scooter. And uh, I don't know. I think if I had Scooter as my second baseman here, if you know, if I didn't get BP, I'd probably okay with Scooter. I mean, I'll, I would have taken Bip. He would have been my my choice as well. Yeah, I, I like I like Bip Roberts there. Um, Boone also was on my radar. Kind of a classic, had lots of potential. But listen, on my team, we need to know how to take a walk. No, that. Which is, I guess, why you're not going to go with uh, uh, Ray Olmedo. <laughs> I don't know. Obscure former red time. One, one of many reasons. <laughs> okay, so you go with Bip Roberts. Now, I get the final selection here. The 14th round, and we're at first base. <laughs> which is where you started and where I end. Which, and I knew starting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was but, a similar to shortstop. Yeah, it's so. Let's, let's hear about your let's hear about your choices. Chad. Okay, what, yeah. let's talk about all the availables. Okay, well, the really, I mean, really, it just comes down, I think, to to two to two players. Well, let's see here. Yeah, I think it comes down to two players. I guess you could, if you wanted to, make an argument for uh, Dan Dan Dreesen. You know, I'm not going to make that argument. Uh, Scott Hatterberg, maybe. I don't know. You do have Tony Perez and Pete Rose here. But neither were good in the eighties. Yeah, does anybody want mid to late or early to mid eighties Pete Rose? <laughs> oh gosh, no thanks. Um, yeah. So, uh, what about uh, you know the starting first baseman for the? Uh, if I can find him here, who was starting first base? Here he is, starting first baseman for the nineteen ninety three Reds. Randy Milligan on opening day, he started at first base. Randy Milligan. Yeah, Randy Milligan was the first baseman on my only one season with the Reds list. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I did a uh, retrospective recently on uh, a Reds memory, and um, I picked the 1993 opening day because that was my first opening day. And in the lineup that day, making their first start for the Reds was Randy Milligan. Kevin Mitchell was making his first start for the Reds. Um, and Bip Roberts was coming off that great season the season before, so I had high hopes for that team. So... But no, you're right. It comes down to the, the, the final two. Go ahead, and, go ahead and name those two. So that would be Sean Casey and Hal Morris. Morris is like, he's like top like five in career batting average, for, you know, for Reds since, you know, maybe ever. He's, he's well, up. But so is Sean Casey. They have the same batting average. <laughs> That's true. They do have the same batting average. I looked. I was trying to remember the stat, and I'm, I'm struggling over it now. But there was some stat where Hal Morris ranked. It surprised me how high he he ranked. Yeah. Uh, these two guys are kind of uh, similar lines as well. You don't think you think of Casey as a, more of a power hitter, maybe, but he never really had that full power that he had more than Hal Morris. But never, never what I expected. He was more of a doubles guy. He also had a little bit more power at a time when everybody had a little bit more power. Ah, there you go. So there's an era thing going on there, right? Yeah, when you get the era thing going on again, it's it's who who were the ones we were looking at earlier that had just about identical stats? Um, Chris Sabo and uh, Todd Frazier. Yeah, that's kind of how these guys are. I mean, Sean Casey is Todd Frazier, and Hal Morris is Chris Sabo. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've got uh, 305 average for both of them. Casey a 371 on base. Hal Morris a 362 on base. By runs created plus, at least, uh, Fangraphs has Sean Casey at 113 and Hal Morris at 115. So, Man, yeah. that's a tough call. Uh, you also have to deal with a couple of uh, you know quirks of these players. Hal Morris, if for those of you that didn't see him play, he had to go find a video. Is the goofiest looking uh, way he he's getting the box, and his feet would be moving all the way up until the pitch was delivered in the box. He'd be moving around in the box. And, boy, he could put the bat on the ball, though. He's what they used to call a professional hitter. 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. And Sean Casey, I guess his quirk is that uh, when he ran, he looked like he had a piano on his back. <laughs> I mean, really, poor guy. He ran like me. So, all right, we got, got to pick somebody. I, you can't go wrong. I, I mean, you know, obviously Votto is far and away the best. You can't go wrong with these. From the final selection of this draft, I'm going to take Sean Casey. I think that's the right call. I mean, if not the mayor, then who? Exactly. All right, so now we have our starting lineups, we have our rotations, and we have our closer. Jason, run through your team for us, and then I'll run through mine. All right, so um, at first base, I've got Joey Votto, a.k.a. the greatest hitter in Reds history. In center field, I have Eric Davis, a.k.a. Willie Mays, if he'd stayed healthy. At third base, I've got A. Eugenio Suarez, who we all know and love and is ascendant and brilliant. In right field, we've got Reggie Sanders, who criminally, criminally underrated player. Uh, and then the back half of my lineup, I've got Zach Cozart at shortstop. We all remember Zach well. We got Bip Roberts, who we don't remember well enough at second base. Uh, we've got Cal Daniels, the <clears throat> shining star who burned out too fast in left field, and Ryan Hannigan uh, in the most obvious choice to bat eight that has ever existed. I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe Cozart will bat eight uh, at, at catcher. I have to say that's that top six of that lineup is going to be serious. Oh yeah, that's a good lineup. It's a good that lineup. A good line. Definitely. And then for my rotation, we have Johnny Cueto, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Bronson Arroyo, and the curveball, Greg Swindell. Go look at Greg Swindell's numbers for his one year with the Reds. Yeah, very, very good. So that's a – and your closer? Oh, and my closer, sorry, is Rob Dibble. Rob Dibble, who once got in a fight with his manager and on another occasion – threw a ball into the stands, and injured a teacher. Surprised you would go that direction. Well, when it comes to closer, you don't have a lot of time to work That's true. That's true. They're all, uh, quote-unquote, mercurial. Yeah. All right. So my lineup is going to be, and uh, let's just, I, I can't put it into an actual lineup yet, how, who I want to bat where. That's tough to do on the fly here, but I'm just going to go around the dime. Catcher is Jason LaRue. First base, Sean Casey. Second base, Brandon Phillips. Third base, Chris Sabo. Shortstop, Barry Larkin, who, you know, the captain, the uh, Hall of Famer. The only Hall of Famer on this list as of now. Left field. Give him a few years. I agree. I agree. Left field, my guy, the big donkey. Dunner, Adam Dunn. Center field, Ken Griffey Jr. Right field, Kevin Mitchell. And you want a guy, I'm telling you, to look at a baseball reference page, go look at his. He was he's the best hitter I've ever seen in a Reds uniform. And I mean that with in all seriousness. Um my rotation, I love my rotation. I'm happy with it. Jose Rijo and Mario Soto, man, that's a one two punch to die for. Aaron Harang's my number three guy. Tom Brandon's gonna get me two hundred and fifty innings as at number four starter. And then nineteen eighty eight Danny Jackson, the best fifth starter in history. I think 88 Jackson and, uh, what, 92, 93 Swindell, the, our fifth starters, man, alive. Those, <laughs> If they had years like that as a we fifth starter. We went the same route for fifth starter, didn't we? We went with that, like, short burst of brilliance. Yes, absolutely. And my closer, Araldus Chapman. So how badly do you beat me? Uh, pretty badly, I think. If I'm... <laughs> no way. You think you're going to score off Jose Rio? Um, I think, I think the place where you have the clear edge is in your, your number one starting pitcher. I think Rio is head and shoulders above everybody else. Otherwise, I think our rotations are even and I like my lineup better than your lineup. Well, I don't know. I like my lineup. I, I, defensively, I don't like my lineup. Yeah. See, all my guys can actually catch the ball yeah. too. In addition and to hitting can, most of them. Uh, yeah, you've got, I don't really have any, I mean, you've got Cozart, who's really primarily, and, and Hannigan, really, their value's in their defense. Yeah. 
And I, yeah, I mean, Hannigan could get on base at least. He could get on base. And Kozart, you know, learned to hit some. He didn't kill himself. My lineup, I don't really have any defense first guys. None. I mean, you don't even have any defense second guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Larkin was a gold glover. That's true. You do have, you do have, you have and, and Brandon Phillips. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, but I, I do have power. Linfield is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like my power out of my outfield. I'm, I'm going to hit a lot of home runs with Dunn Jr. And, and Kevin Mitchell. Off Johnny Cueto? <laughs> well. Off Luis Castillo? <laughs> off Sonny when, Gray? Mm-hmm. When Bronson Arroyo comes in and tosses up those fly balls, yes. Yeah. <laughs> with some home runs that day. Yeah. So. All right. So what we'll do is then I will uh, I will put this in a, some fashion that we can uh, put it out on our Twitter account and have a, a poll for you to vote as to which team is best. And uh, who knows? Maybe we can figure out how to recreate this on MLB The Show or Stratomatic or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. That may be another podcast. Because until we have real baseball, we got to come up with something fun to do. We're trying to keep you entertained. Any final thoughts on this project, Jason? I thought it was a great idea that you came up with. No, not at all. This, this, was, this was fun. I enjoyed this a lot. Um, I would suggest that if people have maybe some ideas for arbitrary rules for us to use in a draft, that they should maybe send them our way. Uh, we can come up with ideas, but you know somebody might think of something fun and interesting that neither you or I come up with. Yeah, we went post big red machine here. We debated other things. Uh, you know, just two thousands era. I like your idea of the one year wonders. Um, yeah. So lots of things we can do with that, but uh, let's uh, let's see where let's see what suggestions we get, and we'll see what the vote comes out to. All right, Jason, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Always a good time, Chad. All right. You can listen to the podcast wherever you want to listen, right? RedLegNation.com. You can uh, subscribe for free everywhere you find podcasts. We're there. Uh, I would also note that uh, we have a, a Patreon service, patreon.com slash RedLegRadio, where you can support uh, financially the podcast. If you wish, don't have to. This is These podcasts are always going to be free. Um, but you do get some some extra goodies if you go there and check it out. And I do want to thank all the, the Patreon subscribers who have stuck with Red Leg Nation Radio through this. Uh, still generally an active conversation in our Slack channel and really just a, a good group who likes talking Reds baseball and really eager for Reds baseball to be back. All right, so here we are for Jason Linden and obviously Adam Dunn. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.